Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex. My name is Travis. And we are coming at you uh, Monday night, 8.08 p.m. And uh, currently in the baseball world, the Angels are going up against the uh, Kansas City Royals. Last I checked, the Angels were winning. I hope that is still the case. Oh, they definitely are. Are they? They definitely are. I mean, they're, they're a World Series bound team this I, year. I want you to check your phone right now. 7-3. Let's go. Let's Easy go. Easy money. Easy okay. dub. Best team in the AL coming at you right now. I, I, I'm not going to say no. Not I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but, but anyway. Can't argue that. Yeah. All right. Anyways, the, uh, the thing we're going to start off talking about today is sort of our you know, standard uh, sort of weekly recap. Talk about some of the teams that we liked, didn't like this week. Some of the players we think are, you know, really uh, proven something. And we're also going to talk about some of the players that maybe didn't impress, impress us so much. So, yeah, this will be our first sort of comprehensive, like, uh, we're, we're over a full week into the season. Uh, m- most teams have played uh, eight, nine, ten games. So uh, we're excited to sort of, you know, it feels like the season's actually well underway now. And we're going to get started with uh, our, our, you know, our thoughts thus far. So uh, First of all, let me, let me ask you a question. What, what, is, what is that in your cup over there? I noticed, I, noticed, I noticed you poured it uh, a little little secretly in the kitchen earlier. This is just water, Travis. I'm oh, not okay. sure. I, 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 mean, I, don't, I don't know what you're suggesting. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not, I mean ever since you turned 21, it's just been, it's been kind of a, a rough go. You, you just go. never know, do you? You can never be sure. Never know. Never know at all. But you know what? And, and, and right now, folks, I see Travis taking a sip from his Arrowhead water bottle. And it's looking a little murky. I don't think that's, I don't think that's just straight up water, but... I we I think we'll you know we'll let him keep his secrets for now. But anyways, uh, the secrets will come out soon. Yeah. Soon we'll know. Mm-hmm. Soon we'll know the truth. Um. So yeah, our week our week one uh kind of a recap after being you know over a full week into the season, and I'm gonna open up sort of talking about uh who I think is like the biggest <clears throat> winners in my mind uh thus far, and you know uh I think the. The Padres, the San Diego Padres, um, have really shown a lot of impressive uh, uh, baseball for 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 different reasons, and um, I'm sort of going to tandem this as as including some Padres players as my most impressive, uh, biggest winners in terms of players as well. So um, I'm going to start off by saying, uh, obviously Fernando Tatis. Uh, most people know that he is currently injured, um, which is was an unfortunate blow to the team, but. It seems like the team really has not missed a beat without him. Obviously, his value is off the charts for the team. What he means for, to them, you know, on the field and off. But, um, you know, the the role players have picked up the slack, and you know, the role players on their team are actually kind of like you know mini all stars in a way. Um, guys like Will Myers have really just uh, stepped <clears throat> up big time. I actually have Will Myers on my fantasy team, and he's currently slashing three fourteen average, four fifteen on base, six hundred slugging. Um, that's you son of a bitch. That, it's it's pretty nice, and and for those who don't know, me and Travis are in the same fantasy league, and we just uh, we just uh, got paired up starting today to start the second week of the of the league, and today Will Myers had a nice little five RBI performance, so that's pretty big for our eh, our weekly no. showdown. First day of the week, you know. Yeah, it's good good start. Yeah. Good start. I'll gotta, take it. You got to play all seven, so yeah. Uh, I, so I like what Will Myers is doing. Uh, he's hit two homers thus far. He's played all ten games for his team. Uh, He's doing really great stuff. He's, you know, consistently a, a presence in the middle of the lineup, playing good outfield. And then also uh, another player that's, you know, super, you know, he's actually also on my fantasy team, believe it or not. But I feel like I snagged some good guys in the Padres. Uh, Trent Grisham started the year injured, and I think he kind of fell a bit in our draft because of that. But he only missed a, a, a small handful of games. After uh, three games and 13 plate appearances, he's, you know, has a four fifty five average, five thirty eight on base, uh, 
a 1091 slug. So obviously that stuff's not going to maintain, but uh, that's just like kind of showing off like what he's been able to do so far. He has, uh, you know, five hits. One of them is a double. Two of them are homers. Got three RBIs. Um, I know he's going to be a, a great glove in their outfield. He's going to be a threat in the base paths. I think the Padres are looking like a really complete uh, offense. Obviously, Machado and Tatis are superstars. And then the pieces around them are just doing great. Uh, we know Hosmer was the National League Player of the Week, I believe, for the very first week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, that, that, you know there's, there's many praises to give their offense. But then you also <clears> got to look at um, what their pitching is doing. Darvish uh, had a so-so first outing, but he's been really good ever since. Um, you know, uh, you, you, you can't have this segment without mentioning that, that great, uh, Joe Musgrove, uh, no hitter he threw, uh, in Texas, which actually kind of ties into my biggest loser of the week. Texas, poor Rangers fans have to be in full capacity watching their team just lose repeatedly in pretty embarrassing ways. But, you know, sorry to you, uh, fans in Arlington, but that's just sort of your reality right now. Um, but yeah, Musgrove as a no-hitter was uh, incredibly uh, impressive, historic. I saw that, you know, some of his, uh, I think maybe his cleats or something, something from the game is going to Cooperstown. That's really incredible for, you know, yeah. being the first Padre to throw a no-hitter in that uniform. So the, the, the team seems like it's clicking on all cylinders in all ways. They're doing really good. Now, all that being said, are they better than the Dodgers? No. But I got to give some praise to San Diego right now. I think they're doing really impressive stuff. The Dodgers are obviously the, the, the favorite in that, uh, that division, and rightfully so, defending champs. Um, I got to give the, you know, the second-place team some respect. But, yeah, obviously the Dodgers, their record speaks for itself. They have guys injured too, and they're still you know, being really impressive. But, uh, yeah, the Padres are kind of my pick for you know, who's really uh, excited me this week. So, Travis, who's really uh, caught your attention this week uh, for our biggest winner? Well, you know, they, they started off really, really, you know, concerning. And I know, uh, I know, uh, you know, starting nine, Jared Carabas was even saying it too, but, uh, you know, picked it up the last six games, won six in a row. Um, probably you could say probably the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, Boston Red Sox. I mean, they, they almost look like they were going to be <laughs> finishing last in the division. And I, I think their season was almost over, uh, uh, a week ago last Sunday, um, on Easter Sunday, you know, going 0-3 to start the season off against the Baltimore Orioles, to even say that. Um, caught fire, um, have played some exceptional baseball, swept the Tampa Bay Rays, and then played Baltimore again in Baltimore and swept them. So um, very, very impressive. I, I like what I see out of them, and I mean, I like what I see out of uh, J.D. Martinez. Um, I, I picked him, um, as you know, in, in, uh, in our Vegas pits, picks to uh, – to go uh, get the home run title this year for the uh, MLB. So, um, so far starting out strong and, and leading the MLB in home runs. Um, he's kind of uh, awoken back up to that slugger form that we've seen him, um, you know, before 2020. Um, he was just putting up ridiculous numbers. And so uh, Boston really has uh, has caught fire. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for them to, to really, you know, progress as they go into, uh, you know, week two of the MLB season. Um, so far, so good um, with, the, yeah. with with them right there. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, Travis, uh, y- you did include Boston as one of your sort of sneaky picks. Someone you had, you felt kind of, you felt high on going into the season. You thought some Red, Red Sox might be kind of be sl- being slept mm-hmm. on by some some other, you know, people watching the league. But uh, I was I was prepared to roast you after that O three start. You know, they <laughs> lost they lost three straight to the Orioles, and I was like, okay, Travis, you know. Maybe it wasn't the best pick, you know. They their offense isn't Give really it clicking. Time. Give it time. The right? pitching is is the pitching is really not you know something to write home about. But since then they've been super good, and I I I do see I do see why you included them for this week's uh, you know winner for your for your. your no, pick. yeah, most definitely, most definitely, and that kind of uh, and then you know translating to uh, my biggest loser, um, out there for uh, MLB season of week one. And um, we're going to go to the uh, NL East. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a team that, you know, everyone thought would be competitive. You know, I'm sure they will be. Um, but uh, Washington Nationals right now, you know, started the season with COVID-19, um, you know, players on, on the organization, all, you know, a couple of players getting, getting COVID-19. So, of course, that's, that's not a good start, especially with the way we had spring training. And I think they only had like nine players in all of baseball throughout the whole entire spring training 
um, contract COVID-19. So I think the percentages were really, really low when it came to um, the virus getting inside, um, you know, clubhouses and organizations. But, um, you know, started that season off. And I mean, I can't imagine being a fan. You wait so long to see your team and you now have to postpone it and, you know, wait three to four more days, which, you know, probably probably honestly feels like being feels, being a year feels like an eternity because yeah. you're watching all these teams play and you know now you have to now you have to wait a, a couple more days for this and, and you know it's just it, it's probably so frustrating um and and you know you you th- then you get the first game and you know they walk off against atlanta soto had a rocket off the bat and just a great start to their season and then you literally see a complete downfall um, you know what? You know, you know, Atlanta was wasn't going to lose five in a row or start the season zero and five. Um, Atlanta caught some fire, uh, won the series. Um, so you, you know, you're playing a tough team in Atlanta, but um, you know, you still want to see some more competitive, you know, nature out of them. And then um, they take a road trip out to L.A. Um, and you know, of course, play um, the uh, the Mickey Mouse World Series champions, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, um, and you know, get swept by them. And, you know, they had a lot of good performances. Joe Ross, uh, you know, was phenomenal. Um, just couldn't, um, you know, just couldn't get the win. And, and that just, you know, that sucks when, you know, both pitchers are going at it. Um, and it's 0-0 in the sixth inning. And then, of course, you know, Scherzer on Sunday um, couldn't, uh, couldn't out-duel Kershaw. And so, um, you know, now, now you're kind of, you know, left, uh, left you know, in, in the dumps. And, you know, I know it's always the first week of the season. You know, some teams just don't finish or don't start strong. And you may look in 2019, the nationals did not, did not start strong. And so, um, definitely though, a, a little bit of a confusing time for them, but you know, it, the, probably the biggest loser of week one with them. I think, I think it all starts with, you know, contracting code, which, you know, just sucks because I, I mean, no one, no one on the team wants to, you know, hurt, hurt the organization that way. Um, and so it starts with that and then it ends with, you know, them starting the season, uh, one and five. So, um, kind of a kind of a a bad situation for them right now, but I'm sure they'll pick it up. But yeah, just so far my week one biggest losers with that. But um, yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Just like the the Juan Soto, like you mentioned, the walk off in the first game. Uh, he's obviously just going to be like you know, I mean you don't want to call it too soon, but he just feels like he's a Hall of Famer in the making. He's just like such Most such yeah. an elite hitter, and he he can only do so much. You know, he gets that walk off hit, and he's putting up MVP numbers, but you can only mm-hmm. do so much. And yeah. the, the team is definitely in a bad in a bad spot yeah. to start off the, the the first couple weeks of the season so yeah most yeah. definitely so, so Travis how about your uh, your player that you think has really stood out to you you know I'll 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 go to the American League and this guy I mean he's been he started out the season incredible uh incredible fashion uh that's going to be uh Byron Buxton um right now um I think a lot of Minnesota fans and a lot of Minnesota you know twins people in the organization were waiting for this guy to catch fire because he was a top three prospect I think back in 2013 and 14 just waiting for this guy to burst onto the scene and you know he's been sidelined by some injuries you know his speed has always been there but I think they always were waiting for that you know that fourth or fifth tool to come into um, play and that was always the power I think the power was something that you know in the in the hitting and in, in, in general so yeah um, the contact and the power was really something that they were waiting because he had shown it in the minors um, I mean this season so far I mean one thing I'll say is he in the first nine games, in nine games, he already has, and these are for some of the advanced stats people, he has a 1.2 war. I'm looking at that right now, and that's the first week. I'm looking at Trevor Story last year, and he finished in 59 games. He finished with a 2.6 war. You're telling me that Byron Buxton right now is 1.4 war away from tying Trevor Story which was a full, not a full season, but 59 right. games last year. Mookie Betts had a 3.6 war in 55 games. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. I did the math, and I, right now you're looking at a full season. Right now Byron Buxton's projected to have a 21 point, I think, 4 or 6 war this season. To almost a, North of a 21 war this season. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not going to happen, but you look at these projections always the first week, and it's always like, wow, I mean, this guy got out, out of the gates in a hurry. And with him, you know, defense is always going to be a plus with him. And so... Um, but he's, he's, I see what you mean. He's totally showing off his potential yeah, uh, w- w- with this start. You know, obviously he's not going to get a 21 war season, no. but you know, you see like, okay, this is what I am capable of. This is, I'm going to start the season with the bang. Most I, I, I like, I like how you kind of match them up with story and, and bets there because we're talking about five tool players who play, you know, great defense, mm-hmm. good arms, you know, great hitters and speeds. They all steal and stuff. Definitely. So, uh, the fact that he's, you know, 
matching up with other five tool players and he's looking favorable is, is a big step for him. Yeah, and also, he's not been a superstar yet. No, really like, no exactly, and, and also tied for uh, tied for first place in home runs as well. I mean, he, he, I mean, the guy, the guy has, I mean, incredible speed, and his defense is, is unlike any other. So I give him that. You know, he'll definitely have the speed and the fielding and the arm aspect of the game. It was always if he can get that next aspect of the hitting and you know be that leadoff hitter and just kind of almost like that Ricky Henderson um, player. And, and I mean, he's definitely growing into it. And, and also another player too that that's kind of you know almost almost mirrors him is uh ronda cunha jr i had to give respect to him because um already started the season with a one war um and i mean after last time he watched the game um beat out uh his first hit was a beat out uh ground ball to shortstop and he didn't hit it softly he hit it you know uh it was a it should have been a routine play it it was a shot and and, and dd fielded it routinely got it up and threw it to first and acuna beat it out i mean it was it was an exciting game last night and then hit a single his next AB and then hit a uh, moonshot, you know, uh, dead center home run in his third AB. And, and I mean, I got I to give him props because he helped me win my fantasy week for uh, for uh, the first week. Uh, so that's, I, that, that's, that's pretty big. That's, pretty that, big. that's why I got to give him some uh, some credit. And so, I mean, he he definitely is. Uh, I mean, one of those guys that's going to be, you know, up there with Trout when it comes to, you know, f- definite five tool players. Um yeah. Gonna get a lot of MVP votes. Yeah, no, exactly. He he's he's I definitely think he's gonna have a really strong season with that. But um, and so Alex, now I'll transition to um, you know, kind of you know the biggest losers of Week One. Um, Not necessarily saying they're gonna be you know um, in this position for the full season, but just you know not off to the start that you know everyone really hoped. So biggest losers. Right. So um, I'm going to uh, sort of take a zag here, and I don't like that. My biggest winner last week was. Or a player that you know I really wanted to highlight was Jacob Degrom, and then this week he's my biggest loser. Oh and it's, no! It's to no fault of his own. So Jacob Degrom, his first start. I'm looking at his at his game logs right now. Six innings pitched, only allowed three hits, got seven strikeouts, in seventy seven pitches. Gets pulled after six scoreless frames. His bullpen then proceeds to blow the game late, and they end up losing. His second start, he goes eight strong innings, only allowing five hits, one earned run, which was a, a, a solo home run. It was just an absolute shot. That's but, right, yeah. But um, uh, 14 strikeouts in that, eight, in that eight frames. 14 strikeouts. Only one earned on, on a kind of a straight homer on a, on a really elevated fastball. That'll happen when, you know, uh, a guy's aggressive and, you know, just jumps on it. But 95 pitches... 95 pitches in eight innings, one earned run, and he got a did, loss. Did, did, did he get the win? He did not get the win, Travis. He's 0-1 now. He's 0-1. I can't even believe it. His ERA is 0.64. He has 21 strikeouts in 14 innings. He is pitching on an absolute other level, unlike anyone else in the league. And I can't... I mean... I say I can't believe that the Mets can't support him, but I kind of can believe it because it's kind of been the story of his last few years. And I see tons of people on Twitter saying like, oh, you know, people act like Jacob deGrom uh, doesn't have support, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, no, I don't know how you could argue argue any other way here. You know, he's put up two just absolute uh, masterpiece performances. I don't know how he has an 0-1 record right now with the 0.64 ERA and of course a, a, a win loss record doesn't you know mean everything um is it, it's it mean it, it tells us nothing about Degrom it tells us everything about sort of the team around him maybe his teammates just hate him yeah maybe <laughs> and the crazy thing is I also saw another stat Degrom has the most base hits in Degrom starts this season more than any other Met for Degrom's two starts he has three hits and in those two starts no Met has three hits. All they all have two or less. This just reminds me of the uh, the scene from uh, the Longest Yard when uh, Adam Sandler kind of uh, you know goes against his team and kind of blows a quarter, and then the team doesn't block for him, but he has to go out there and scramble and get a couple yards, and and then finally the team comes back to him. But you know what? Keep going. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know. If they're, I don't know if they're gonna come back to the ground. I think. I think they just for some reason. Maybe he's just a bad. You know. Maybe Clubhouse guy, maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe he's mean to them in the dugout. Yeah, maybe we just don't know. We're, that they, they just say, you know what? They have a team meeting and say, guess what? Jake was pitching today, and we are all going to K. It, it it's it's really wild. It's really wild, folks. I really don't understand how he. Uh, I don't understand how he doesn't have a win yet. It's just 
kind of mind boggling. Um, I know where he, he he would have a win if he if he pitched. Uh, where Travis? I think if he pitched um, in in the uh, the county of Orange. Oh, are you talking about in Southern California? I'm talking Southern California. I think he'd be. I think he'd have a win on uh, on any of those Southern California teams by now. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know the. I saw Angels Twitter had a had a field day with Degrom's sort of uh, you know one zero loss and then of course they put in they put in Diaz in the ninth uh, in that in his second start and he gave gives up two runs and it it was just it was really sad if you're a Mets fan or if you're just Degrom himself just like looking at his teammates but uh, yeah I saw lots of, of of memes about Degrom should come to Anaheim and that would be uh, you know. It would be awesome to have Jacob Degrom on your team. Obviously, yeah. he just you, all of a sudden you have the best pitcher in the whole world uh, by a long shot on your team. But you know, I really don't know how a trade like that could even happen. Uh, I think the Mets just need to figure something out. Uh, maybe they'll snap out of it sometime. But it's been a few years running where they keep adding hitters. Their hitters are getting better, and it just doesn't even matter. So, you know, for the sake of their fans, I hope they figure something out. Uh, either get them, you know, some bullpen that's gonna you know, keep the games closer. I mean, hitters need a hit is the bottom line. DeGrom has the most oh, hits definitely. in his starts. And, uh, yeah, so my biggest loser is Jacob DeGrom, but it's no fault of his own. Uh, he He's simply the uh, he's the victim of a really uh, unfortunate situation. So, Travis, now I will let you swing it over to uh, a pick you have for who's your player that's like your kind of loser of the week. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Now I'm staying in the NL East. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, kind, you know, kind of a guy that I – I mean, last year, I'll give you this. Last year, this guy was about, I think, 12 points away from winning the NL Triple Crown. Yeah. Led the NL in home runs. Led the NL in RBIs. Led uh, led the NL in total bases. Almost, well, yeah, like I said, 12 points shy of batting average as well. I think I know who you're talking about. He plays for the Atlanta Braves. This season... Is just been a complete disaster of a start, and I think you know who I'm talking about. His name is Marcelo Zuna. Uh, so far in nine games, uh, 32 at bats, four hits, four for 32, only one run scored, only four total bases. That's a that's a small number. This guy is meant to four hit, total. This bases. guy is this guy was brought in to hit X base hits, and he hasn't done it yet. Um, batting a buck 25. On base below two thirty, and slugging is a buck twenty five. And I know when a guy like this, you know, Ozuna comes in, this guy needs to be slugging above five hundred. And this is what they pay this guy to do. Um, OPS below three fifty. And I know some people's averages that are higher than that guy's OPS right now. So, yeah. um, and, and and definitely not a defender where you're going to say, oh wow, you know, he's definitely going to make up with his defense. By no but means. He by no means. Literally no DH last year. Just looking at last year, I know it's a shortened season, but I mean, just looking at last year and, and the start he got off to, um, it, it, it's 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 not concerning yet, but it's just very eye opening that you know, wow, this guy has really just kind of missed the bus the first nine to ten games of the season. So, and Ozuna kind of you know bring us up to our next segment, um, and, and basically it is you know covering the the long weekend of the you know unfortunate instant replay dilemmas that we saw from the Braves yeah. and uh, and Phillies game last night and then also the Angels and Blue Jays game on Saturday and then um, actually starting with it all on Thursday um, the Mets and the Marlins game um, with Conforto and that so uh, I mean basically Alex I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts I mean in those I, I know everyone that's listening to this probably you know saw those scenarios but you know what, yeah, what, what are I your mean, thoughts on you know how instant replay is going with baseball right now right yeah we, we, we can touch on it very very briefly the different you know in, incidences but uh essentially if you missed it uh the Mets won a baseball game by getting hit by a pitch that was in the strike zone and you know that is such a such an odd way to you know walk off and and the way the ump called it too it's very funny he like signaled for a signaled for a, a strikeout he's ready to throw his fist out yeah that's right and then he just said wait no he like, like patted his arm and he said take your base and you know conforto's like i'm gonna take that to the bank but if you look at the replay the ball is clearly in the strike zone and conforto kind of leans in a weird way i don't think he was trying to get hit by the pitch you know it kind of hit his elbow but uh definitely just a, a really odd uh, scenario and unfortunately are you know we have this great you know idea of okay we have instant replay to kind of correct these like 
you know, really bang, bang, like heat of the moment, like did the ump get it right? Let's go check. And they go check. And for some reason, they still get these kind of things wrong all the time. And it's really kind of disappointing. And, you know, you know, the, the, the Mets probably don't really want to win like that. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll take the win, obviously. And, you know, they're, they're going to go to the clubhouse happy. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things where both teams are kind of shaking your head like, okay, that, you know, that's weird. And then the umps, you know, are probably going to realize later on, <laughs> later on that night, like, okay, we got that wrong. Uh, they're going to see the, the media <laughs> frenzy as a result. Um, and then, yeah, Travis, uh, what do you think about the whole uh, play at the plate that happened between uh, the Phillies and the, and the and Atlanta? Yeah, first I, I was kind of I, – I almost agree with the play because it looked like Bohm got his foot in there. I mean, definitely you, you saw it kind of, you know, go over the plate um, from the live play that, okay, you know, he, it looked like he got his foot in there. And then, of course, you know, you, you look at the first couple replays and I'm kind of I'm thinking, you know, it, it'd be hard to overturn this um, – and then you kind of, you know, see more in depthly with, you know, when they, when it's like, you know, the, the, the replay went about like five minutes and the umpires were looking at it and looking at it. And so I think the last replay they had, they actually had a really good view of right behind home plate. And you actually see Bohm's cleat almost skip over the, uh, the home plate and it lands about three inches to the right of home plate. And um, I thought that was a really like definitive view to um, overturn it. And so it, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird scenario when when you, you have these, you know, almost almost like the whole entire crowd at um, in Atlanta. And then you have almost all of America and all everyone on social media, too, is saying, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, you almost have 90 plus percent of all of America who is watching saying, like, this play is, is easily overturnable. And, or, and so it, it's, it's just interesting that you, you have, you know, these umpires and you also have the New York people. Um, you know, who are, who are on the call with the umpires. And it, it just, it's interesting. You can't get some of these calls, right. Um, and, and even talking, leaning, going back to Conforto, that one, um, and I, it, you know, I feel bad because it was a walk-off. And so the Mets are celebrating, I think Conforto's jersey got ripped off. And it, I mean, it would have been pretty awkward to have the umpires go back and say, come back and, you know, you struck out and the game's going to go on. And it's yeah. like the, the field has, has Gatorade on it from the celebration and you can you probably got to take like a 20 minute break to get everything back uh, ready to go and I think both teams would be kind of like what's going on and so it's a weird circumstance I know it's early in the season Um, some of these teams I mean some of these games are probably thinking like okay well you know it's it's an early if it's it's an early loss but you know maybe in September it comes back to bite them but um, yeah uh, yeah going off that uh, you kind of mentioned how both of those plays were like these like end of game like game defining like game deciding calls and then the other the other the third call that we we mentioned at the top of this uh segment was the angels blue jays call um it's essentially a, a double play uh a routine double play that and uh the, the guy running to second base uh davis on the blue jays he slides into uh shortstop uh jose iglesias and yeah, a play like that, it sort of creates a, a call where the ump saying, okay, uh, we have to review this. And did the base runner, uh, not only A, should he be out for sliding into the shortstop, B, should the guy running the first base be out because the throw the throw is uh, goes way past the first baseman off to, off to the, uh, pretty much down the right field line because of the, uh, the contact made by the base runner and shortstop. So they have to kind of decide, okay, how... Are we going to rule this? And then a run that run ends up scoring on the overthrow. So there's so many factors going on. And as an Angel fan, my bias is telling me, okay, like that was obviously a dirty slide. You got to make those uh, base runners out. You got to tell the guy who scored to go back to third because that throw is not on Iglesias. But then the ups come out and they review it twice and the manager's on the field and it's a whole fiasco and it's raining. And it's, it's such a mess. And of course, after two reviews, they come out and say, everyone's safe, the run scores. Quintana's probably cold at this point on the mound, trying to stay warm in the rain, and and I just feel bad for him. I feel bad for all the you know all the players involved. Um, luckily there was no injuries on the on the collision between the runner and the shortstop, but it it created a mess of an inning for the Angels, and that inning essentially lost them the game. Uh, you know it it, it kind of changed the series, but it was no big deal because the next game got rained out anyways. But yeah, I I think it's pretty clear that the umps kind of get put in these really obviously difficult situations. But in a way, you have the replay. You have a whole team that's kind of dedicated in New York to like, let's get this call right. And it seems like more often than not, they're getting them wrong despite having the slow-mo tech available, all the different angles. Um, it's just really unfortunate that uh, we get in these scenarios. And uh, hopefully in the future, um, they maybe stop 
making such a big bias towards like maintaining the on the field call. Obviously, it's important to kind of go with your gut and what you first saw. But if, if if going with your gut and staying with the first call means obviously ignoring the evidence of the replay, then that's that's no good either. But uh, yeah, I think Travis and I are in agreement here that like something something needs to be done. Hopefully, the the ship kind of. Uh, change directions on the whole replay uh, in the yeah, MLB yeah, and, and, and in, in sports in general, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's definitely just always subjective. You you know, re- replay is 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 kind of you know I I know I know they're trying their best and they're not trying to you know botch certain calls or plays. But um, when you're I guess when you get you know three big calls wrong and, and you know people now you know on social media can you know express yeah. their voice. It's kind of like oh crap! Now we actually really got to you know uh, take a look in this. And I know probably MLB is also looking at this as well and you know. Um, talking to the umpires and the, and the association and their union and, and, you know, just trying to come to a solution to, you know, how, how can we get this, you know, um, resolved? Because, I mean, we want to make sure that, you know, we're making the best call out there that, you know, hopefully and these teams are, you know, all being treated fairly. So, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Okay, Travis. So like last week, I have another just interesting bit of uh, trivia that I just kind of uh, just saw for the first time here. And I wanted to throw it at you and see what your best guess is. Um, I hope it is an age. It is. We're not talking about Rugnudo Dor and his surprisingly which, which, young which age looks this time. Freaky from the Yankees dugout this this uh, weekend from Tampa. I, I yeah, mean, seeing a beardless for the first time was definitely a guy a, a sight I wasn't guy. expecting to see this season. <laughs> but 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 you know, besides all that, I found a new interesting little tidbit this week, um, and I'm going to ask you. Uh, so right now, I'm looking at the Angels baseball reference page for the 2021 season. And it lays out their war leaders so mm-hmm. far. So we're talking baseball reference war. Mm-hmm. First on the team is we're, Mike Trout. We're talking Angels. We're talking Angels. Okay. Angels only, 2021. Mm-hmm. And this is, just, just to be clear, it is Monday night, but I assume these numbers do not factor in today's game that just finished. I assume it does not factor in that. Angels dub. Angels did win, by the way. Yeah, 10-3. Oh, sorry, Cincinnati, or sorry, Kansas City, but, you know, get wrecked. Uh, so the the number one guy in the Angels right now in terms of WAR is Mike Trout, point mm-hmm. nine WAR. Mm-hmm. Number two is Jared Walsh, point oh. seven WAR. A little surprising. Wow, yeah. Shohei Otani comes in at third with point five WAR. Okay. So that's top three. Who do you think is fourth in WAR? And you get one guess. You can think about it, talk about it. Some ideas, but then you have to lock in someone, and we'll see if you get it. No problem. Um, let's see. It's not going to be Upton. It's not going to be Fowler. I don't think it's going to be Fletcher. He's been kind of a little poor start. Iglesias, too, a little poor. Rendon, also a little poor. Um, let's see. Pitchers. Um all right, I'm gonna say my answer is gonna be Max Stassi. You're gonna go Stassi? Stassi on this one, yeah. I do like that pick because you know he's gonna get some defensive war. He's a really good uh, defensive catcher. His hitting has been really awesome. Uh, Stassi comes in in eighth God on the damn. Angels. He's a point two war. I assume that's probably a lot because he's sharing at bats with Suzuki and stuff. So that maybe that may take his numbers down a bit. Um, so let's just do it this way. Stassi is eighth point two war. We go one step up at seventh is Chris Rodriguez, also point two wow. more. One step up in sixth is Mike Mayers, point three war. One step up from Mayers in fifth place is Dylan Bundy at point three war. Dang. But who has point five war? None other none other than Junior Guerra. Wow. Out of the Angels bullpen. How can that possibly be? Well, I mean you know, is is he is he the Perry, most Perry just sees uh, is he the most coveted is he is he the most coveted reliever that we had thought of going into the offseason? No, but to start off the season, he currently has thrown seven innings, only allowed two hits, and has zero earned runs allowed, zero runs at all allowed, only two hits. Like I said, allowed two walks, but has six Ks. Um, he's just really uh getting the job done. Uh. So, yeah, I, I saw that, a little surprised by it, so I had to ask you. But, yeah, Junior Guerra is currently fourth on the Angels leaderboard for, for war on their team. Uh, that is impressive. Uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah. Good for the Angels. Yeah. <laughs> this is Alex and Travis coming to you from the future. It is currently 
Tuesday afternoon. It is about 5 p.m. here in Southern California. And today, Travis, we, we just had to re-record a little segment here in the middle of the pod. We had to discuss some breaking a development that occurred today in the MLB community. MLB released their first power rankings. Uh, the 1 through 10 was posted on Instagram, and the 1 through 5 made a, a storm on Twitter as well. And we just kind of had to discuss... Some of the disrespect that occurred. They reek. It it's, uh, it smells so bad. <laughs> it smells so bad. And and we just we just had to had to take a little a quick little deep dive into the rankings and kind of you know what the MLB thinks the top ten teams are and kind of what we think as is our response. So yeah. Um. The, 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 just off the rip, Dodgers being first, Padres being second. No questions asked. Yeah. If I had to make a power rankings today, they'd be first and second. And I know we were talking about it yesterday. You know before. You know, before we did everything. Before we time traveled. Before we time traveled. And uh, we were definitely saying, you know, Dodgers are definitely number one right now. Um, and Padres are right behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, their records speak for themselves. And then... Yeah, um, the talent, the records, it's all there. Basically. And, and then we also had, you know, number three. With, I mean, with no bias, we're just looking at the record. And we're just looking at, you know, the way that these teams have been playing. But third, of course, we had the Angels going into it. With the best record in the American League right now, you got to give credit to them. And, you know, even the teams that they've been playing. They haven't been playing, you know, they weren't playing Baltimore, Detroit, and Seattle. They're playing... I mean, they're playing three teams that were projected to, you know, probably make the playoffs. Yeah. At least be wildcard And almost... Yeah, ninety win plus teams next year. So um Yeah, the the fact that the Angels have such had such a good showing against the um the White Sox in opening series, then the Astros, then the Blue Jays, and then just last night uh played the Royals who are, you know, a a sleeper a sleeper kind of middle middle level team and you know, Angels did away with them with, with ease, but uh yeah, Travis. And so I'll, and so I'm gonna read them to you right now just to okay. get your judgment on them. So you know, it. first of course Dodgers. Yeah. They had they, they announced second Padres. Yeah, fair. Good. Okay, let me start kind of getting into some rough waters. Third Yankees. Right, a 500 team currently. Obviously lots of upside. Probably the American League favorites betting odds wise, but right now yeah, as a 500 team. A little too early for yeah. for the kind of rankings. Number 4 Twins. Right, and the Twins I believe are one game above 500. Um, you know, it's clear at this point it's clear okay, they have the Twins and the Yankees in the top five, and we know the Angels are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So obviously when they're thinking AL, they're not really caring about the records as much because mm-hmm. they have an even team and a team that's one game over 500 in the top five already. So continue. And then moving to number five, we have the Houston Astros who are second in the AL West, not even in the in the division, or I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, in the league, right. in the division, they're second place, but they give them the five nod. Right, and Astros obviously a really talented team. Currently, the Angels have the better record. Um, the head-to-head, they split the series 1-1. You know, I, I understand arguments for the Astros. I think they do, they, they do deserve to be pretty high. But like like Travis just said, they're second behind us in the division. Not, not only the you know the whole league, uh, American League, but, All right. you know. And then, and then moving to sixth, uh, we have the Atlanta Braves. Second in the division and also under five hundred. Right. And yeah. so right there, that that's just kind of is a concerning, you know, eye to me. Of course, these teams are probably going to be in the top 10 at the end of the season i definitely have confidence but i'm just thinking yeah, about right now when, when they posted on april 13th yeah when people say power rankings i saw some people on twitter kind of saying oh well power rankings we're not talking about we're not just putting them in order of their records we're kind of talking about their their potential and their blah 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 their talent it's like but that kind of yeah. okay well are we doing a predictions is this a predictions for the end of the season list because that's not what power rankings mean. <laughs> exactly it's not exactly. a prediction at the end of the season this is us saying okay where are these teams at right now? But anyways, at least they're being consistent so far with they're having all these good teams in a row. So exactly. at least it's so far consistent. And these for, are and these are definitely preseason teams where you can say, okay, they're a top ten team in the preseason poll. Yeah. Um, but, going forward. So then number seven, Chicago White Sox. So yeah, obviously a which talented we, team. Uh, I think we. I think we. I think we dispose of them. I think we uh, beat them. Yeah. I think we beat them three games yeah. out of four. But yeah. obviously, White Sox a good team, and they're still being consistent to their model of like, okay, we're just gonna keep putting the teams that were. Supposed to be really good uh, before the season began, um, and but the, this next pick, Travis, number eight, is who? It's going to be the Cincinnati Reds. So that that <laughs> that right there is is what is what irks me a bit because they broke from their model of oh, we're just going to rank all the really good teams in the league of how we think they're going to finish because they went with the Reds who. Um, if I remember correctly, were 19th in the power rankings, the preseason, like way too early power rankings. They were 19th. And now after a, you know, quote unquote hot start, they have had a, a very nice start, uh, props to them. 
but it's not been more hot than the Angels. Yeah. Yet they jump from 19 to 8, whereas the Angels jump from 17 in the preseason now to, I believe, they're in the 11th spot. I would hope they're 11. If they're not, yeah. I I would really want to talk to someone at MLB because it's still, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, obviously the, the Reds' inclusion here, it, it breaks that formula of, of them just making, okay, these are the teams we think are going to be really good mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe the MLB thinks for some reason the Reds are going to be this, like, Titan, uh, which I don't see in the same way they do, but... You know, uh, that, that'd be interesting. I'd like to hear that justification. but uh, Especially with the teams they played. I mean, you look at, they, right. they swept the Pirates. Okay. I mean, the Pirates, I don't know what's... The Pirates are the Pirates. The Pirates. They traded away their three, they lost their three best players this year. Lo- yeah. Outside of Hayes, of and course. Then, but- and then lost the series to the uh, Cattell Marte-less Diamondbacks. Yeah. And so I, I look at that. They had a good series against the, against the Cardinals. I think yeah. they won the series the first... Um, series of the, the year, but the, yeah, that that's a two out of three series against the Cardinals. Yeah. Whereas the Angels, you know, they've won three or four against White Sox, two or three against Blue Jays. And we're not talking low, yeah. low win yeah. teams. We're talking. Yeah. You're talking. You know, talking playoff about serious, teams serious, right here. Serious so threats, yeah. it, it's it's a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it it is a little disheartening just because you know the teams that they've played and the results that they've come with all these games. So and but moving on to number nine, Rays. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not 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 really concerning about that because I mean they yeah. they aren't playing their best. They're five hundred, I believe, right now. They got swept by Boston after Boston was swept by Baltimore. Yeah. So a- yeah, ALS is, AL East is in a weird spot. But, it is. Uh, it I, is. I, I I don't have problems with the Rays being in high regard, but and then number ten, I just feel like this team is still is just stumbling right now, and that's and that's New York Mets. Yeah, having the Mets in the top ten is odd because. I get. I obviously see the upside, but they haven't played. I mean, they played what? They they five games. Yeah, and and it, it hasn't <laughs> been super pretty. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. You know. and I go back to the Marlins series. I mean, you look at Conforto and McNeil pretty much saving that game, and then the next game, Degrom does Disaster. not get no run support. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, and so. Uh, the Mets are just like I, I'm. Just I'm very confused when it comes to these rankings. I know these things are kind of really. I mean, they're just kind of fun for the fans. I honestly, I think MLB sometimes wants to make it, uh, make it, make it really controversial, and they want to start these arguments because I'm looking at now, and they have over yeah five thousand comments. Maybe, maybe me and Travis are falling for the bait and giving them some <laughs> free, free felicity. Which, if that's the case, then good job by their marketing team. But uh, oh yeah, uh, the, the short, the short of it is, Travis and I obviously think the Angels have a very strong argument against a lot of these teams. Um. If you're just gonna if you're just gonna make a power rankings based on who was good last season, who's do we think is gonna be good uh, at the end of this season? Odds are your list is not gonna be that accurate because you know every year there's there's different sneakers that sneak up. Like 2019 obviously was the Nationals mm-hmm. kind of broke out halfway through and like if people you know obviously they probably weren't getting the recognition early on in those early power rankings because they had that slow start. But you know the the ebb and flow of the season. I hope the MLB continues to sort of adjust their uh, rankings based on who's hot and stuff versus just like, okay, this is like a team of talented players. They're going to do good. Most definitely. Because if, if that was your mindset, you're going to get a lot of things wrong. Uh, you're going to look kind of foolish by the end when it's all said and done. There's going to be a sneaky division winner somewhere. So you kind of have to follow. Um, you kind of have to follow who's hot and who's playing well. And um, you Most can't just definitely. rely on your preseason predictions. And I think too, I think of course the angels. And I think also two other, you know, franchises that are probably concerned right now too are, Boston Red Sox started 0-3, then won six in a row, mm-hmm. six and three, second best team in the AL right now. And then um, you look at something we saw, and I believe it was uh, yesterday, and um, it was the uh, Kansas City Royals at, as well as the Angels and the Dodgers. All three teams have not lost a series this year. Um, I know it's 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 kind of a funky stack because you might have played you know two games or three games. Um, and some teams play four games, but um, I think that's also pretty, you know, um, eye opening to me that the, you know the Royals are you know are still playing decent baseball, and, and you know they're at least playing five hundred or above. So it's another team that probably thinks that they could probably be in the top ten um, with that. But I mean, I think with with me that my my top five right now would probably you know of course you know start with the first two teams, Dodgers, Padres, mm-hmm. and then I'd go with the Angels, and then you know I'd probably either go with. Maybe the Twins or the Yankees right there. And then, you know, probably number five, I'd go with the Astros. The Astros' offense has been, you know, almost unstoppable the past, you know, week. So I, I of course, really like their offense. And in what they did with the Oakland the first series, I think they, that really was a convincing, like, we're, we're still a top team in the AL. So Wait, so so you said that that's your power ranking? Probably my top five I'd have right there. I, I Number four is kind of interesting because I, I want to either go Twins or Yankees. 
Um, so but, you don't, wait, so you didn't say the Angels? Oh, Angels number three. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so you have Dodgers, Padres, Angels, mm-hmm. and then Yankees slash Twins, mm-hmm. maybe, and then Astros also in the mix. Okay, yeah. you know that's that's, that's fair. Uh, I, I can I can get behind that. I yeah I. I, I yeah I, I agree that the Angels in my mind they're the third best team in baseball right now. Will that change? Very likely, very likely. But um, if, yeah, if you're gonna make power rankings based on you know uh, the current powers in the league, I don't know why you wouldn't kind of adapt it to how teams are playing in that week in this in these first you know first like ten games of baseball. Angels are are looking really amazing, best team in the AL um, as of right now. So. And, you know, when they hit a slow streak, uh, inevitably, um, hopefully people keep sleeping. So we can surprise you guys late in the season. But uh, All right, what do you say we go back to uh, back to Monday? Yeah, I think I think it's time to go back. I think we've, we've spent too much time in the future here. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, Travis and I are currently just discussing uh, how the Angels just won the uh, game they just played against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, it was a 10-3 win. Great performances by Trout hit a homer. Shohei, a couple of doubles, got a bunch of RBIs. And Travis just pointed out to me the Angels now have the best record in the AL. And I think that is pretty awesome. You know what? It's only 10 games, but you know what? I Stop mean, the count! I mean, it's going to be this way for the, for, you know, in the first 20 games, in the first 30 games, 40, 50, all the way to 160. We're not going to take our foot off the gas, are we, Travis? Not at all, no. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it's been a pretty good week for the Angels. As I highlighted earlier, they had a really uh, disastrous loss uh, against Toronto in Florida. But besides that game, they've just been super, super hot since we last yeah. talked Angels with you guys in the pod. First series against uh, White Sox was strong. Pitching looked great. Um, bullpen looked fantastic. Shohei looked unbelievable. Um, and hitting as well. I mean, you look at that series, you look at the Astros series, and then you look at the Blue Jays series. Um Three teams that were playoff teams last year, and I mean the Angels just went into right. um, went into the game and, and pretty much handled business. And um, it, it's 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 nice to see them um, start off with this you know kind of good start. And I, I think I was talking to you before the season started, and I was like, you know, if the Angels can you know split the White Sox series, if they could split the Astros series, and if they could split the Blue Jays series, I'd be so happy if they could be five hundred. By um, by tonight or by by this morning, right. I would have been you know ecstatic because you know th- you just played five really good teams. Um, what if I told you we're going to be seven and three? I mean, you tell me that, then I mean, I guess we're drinking tonight. So. Yeah, <laughs> that isn't up. water. I know it isn't, man. Bottoms up. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I guess we'll kind of run through some some key players, some key games and moments from the last time we talked games with you guys. Um, I'm going to start out by bringing up. Uh, pitcher on the Angels, a starting pitcher, Andrew Heaney, I think had a very, uh, I think he had a very uh, impressive outing against the Blue Jays. Um, I believe he pitched for, uh, against the Blue Jays on Friday. And going into the game, I saw lots of clamor, lots of talk about how uh, the Blue Jays just absolutely own left-handed pitching. And I can see why. Uh, they're just full of right-handed sluggers. Just, you know, you got uh, guys like Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is always going to be a threat. Bo Bichette is just super talented, super skilled hitter. Um, they were a team that I remember I, we, we did it a year ago. I picked to be just weird. I don't know why, but I picked the Blue Jays to be the team of the 20s. So Right, yeah. I, I it, just thought that all the youth coming into the system, I was like, this team will be something to be you know scared of. Especially because all these young guys and they're all on minor league deals, you can sign guys like Springer, and then you'll you know when when time comes, you'll just give these guys you know eight year extensions, um, similar right. to like Acuna or Soto, and you know uh, eight years, a hundred million. I guarantee all of them are going to take it. So yeah, yeah, there's 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 lots of ways you can build around those those young guys, but um, yeah, uh, in terms of how they're going to hit against a lefty pitcher like Heaney, you know, everyone was talking about oh Heaney had the really bad outing against uh, Chicago White Sox in that first series. He did have a really bad start. Um, the outing was not good for him at all. Uh, just to recap that, he did allow seven earned uh, and five hits just through three innings. Um, he got four Ks but allowed a homer, which ended up being a grand slam to uh, Jose Abreu. Two walks. Um, so, you know, you, you look at two two walks and five hits through, uh, you know, through three innings is definitely not very good. And then you look over at his at his outing on Friday, April 9th against Toronto, and this is this is not in the Big A. This is uh, in Florida, uh, you know, Toronto's home stadium this season. Um, 
and he goes six strong innings. He uh, allows no earned runs, gives up just three hits, and gets nine strikeouts. I love that seeing that nine strikeouts through three in- through six innings. Sorry, um, he's always been a big strikeout guy. That's kind of been his, you know, the 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 big plus about you know what he brings to the table as a starter. Um, but I think he really sort of definitely won me back in terms of you know I feel like I can you know is he the guy you want in a huge game maybe not but um maybe there's still some questions there but I think in terms of you know a guy you want in the middle of your rotation on a good team I I really like what Andrew Heaney brought to the table um that game against Toronto going up against guys like Vlad Jr. Bo Bichette you know Biggio's always good um you know they got they got you know Teoscar Hernandez and Gurriel and there's tons of great right-handed hitters a top almost a top top two or three lineup in the AL I mean yeah it's a it's a really good deep lineup obviously missing balanced balanced. missing Springer right now but yeah I mean they they go semi and two you know besides Biggio they're just like one through one through like seven or eight you just got like these just like amazing righties like very solid righty hitters um all the way down so uh I think it's super impressive what he was able to do against them uh like I said that nine k's through six innings Angels got the seven to one win uh I think he started off that series in a big way for us. I think we needed to go in with some momentum, and uh, I'm I'm happy with what he put out. No, definitely, definitely. And I, I've always thought that he'd be the, uh, like, you know, the four or five starter on, on, a, on a championship team. I mean, he, he definitely has the, uh, you know, he shows ace-like stuff in some games, a little bit inconsistent, I know, in his career. But, you know, like I said, the, the being a four and a five starter, I think he would be, you know, the perfect guy on any single team. Um, he's, he's definitely going to eat up innings. Um, and you know, he, he, and, and most of the games is going to keep you in the ball game. And so, uh, it was nice to see him come out after the start he had against, um, the White Sox. Um, you know, it, I mean, what a way to start your season against the, you know, White Sox lineup and also the Blue Jays lineup and you're one and one. I mean, I think, I think he'd take that. I mean, I think, yeah. I think, I think anyone would take that. So, um, you know, very impressive and looking forward to see what he has to, uh, to, uh, p- you know, offer up from his next start. Um, I think he'll probably be going against the, uh, the Minnesota Twins. So, um, another, deep lineup so i mean he, he he's definitely starting off the season um facing you know some he's gonna gritty, have his challenges yeah and, yeah. and, and it, it's interesting these teams we're talking about are teams that in theory really crush lefties we're talking about mm-hmm. white Sox teams they have a brayu 20 big righty 19-0 since last season against lefties so yeah they don't then, lose against lefties. and then blue jays had all the hypes there's so many exactly. righty batters and then now we're talking about a twins team who has Nelson Cruz, just mm-hmm. an absolute powerful righty. We're mm-hmm. talking about Buxton now. <laughs> Miguel, yeah, Miguel Sano, Byron Buxton. Yeah, talking about you know, uh, you know, in theory when their when their roster is complete, they got guys like Donaldson. They got you know uh, Garver. And yeah, Garver. Uh, Kepler, Kepler's, Kepler's a lefty, but you know they're really talented. Our uh, old friend Simmons. So, oh yes, maybe Simba makes us pay for letting him go. <laughs> but um, yeah, Heaney, I really like what I see so far for for the advanced stats guys out there. You know, you can look at different. You know, he, he's got an ERA of seven right now through nine innings, which seems bad. But it was really just kind of a little couple-inning meltdown against mm-hmm. against the White Sox. His his FIP, his fielding independent pitching right now is 3.04. So that kind of predicts that his ERA is going to come a lot a lot down from where it's at right now. You can also look at his, his stack cast profile. And he's getting batters to chase. His, uh, you know, his overall numbers look pretty, pretty solid, um, well above average. So... I do think that, you know, Heaney is going to be a big contributor this year. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's always been high hopes for him. Could he become an all-star pitcher? What can he be at his peak? But I think at the very least, we're going to get a very serviceable middle of the of the rotation guy who's going to help, uh, you know, just give us some depth and uh, help the six the six-man rotation out, uh, you know. No, definitely. Take care of stuff in the AL. Definitely, definitely. I know one guy we haven't talked about at all, I mean, this guy, he deserves all the attention in the world, but... uh um, that's our, uh, you know, our third hitter, Mike Trout. So, um, you know, looking at, you know, kind of, kind of last season and, and everyone, you know, even, even he said it was, a, was, you know, one of his worst years was a terrible down year. Um, terrible. <laughs> and it's still yeah. going to be a hall of fame year in, in, a, in probably 95% of MLB history. It's a hall of fame year. Yeah. Um, but he, in his, in his, you know, view of the game it is a down year. Um, you know, you kind of, I know in, in the off season and in spring training, he was like, you know, I kind of fixed some things at the plate. I kind of fixed some things in the outfield and like, you know, look out for me, um, in 2021. And, you know, you kind of saw, he actually had some struggles in, um, in, in spring training, you know, only, 
only batted, you know, still 282, still had a 404 on base. I mean, still, or the on base with him, I think. I he think, will always I, get walks. I don't think he ever, yeah, is going to be, is going to be bad in on base. And, yeah. and that's going to just, you know. The pitchers will just fear him. That's it, just the way it goes. It, it, it's ridiculous what, what he, what he puts up. But, you know, only, only, only three extra base hits in spring training, two doubles and a home run. Only had, you know, had 47, had 47 plate appearances and 14 of those were strikeouts. Was, you know, striking out a little bit more than usual in spring training. But, you know, of course it's not concerning. I mean, every Angels fan and MLB fan knows that, you know, Mike Trout can take the first 20 games and strike out every single game. And and everyone knows he's still going to be ready for opening day. But just looking at, you know, what he's been able to do so far to start the season off. I mean, you look at some of the, you know, non-percentage numbers. Um, you know, right now hit his hit his fourth home run of the season, um, three doubles on the season, as well as six RBIs. I mean, an incredible start. Leading baseball in walks, also leading baseball in intentional walks. Um, and then you kind of look at the percentage stats, and um, I mean, I mean, I know it's the beginning of the season, the only ten games in, but you know, a four fourteen average. I mean, really great start on base. I mean. 564 on base right now. I know he's probably, I think, top five in um, in baseball. But, I mean, it's just it's just contributing to how good he is when getting on base. And then an 828 slugging. I know there's some guys that are, do, are doing better than him right now, but almost a 1,400 OPS right now. I mean, the guy literally, I, I love that he's not first, but he's he's like almost like top middle of the pack. And he's, he's kind of like lurking on a lot of these guys. And a lot of these guys will start to fall off. But you know this guy Trout is just going to kind of stay in that top three, top two of the pack, and that's what literally makes him. I mean, the greatest player right now in in the game. And I, I don't Absolutely. think every single year he's you know he's going to be top one or two. And the guy can go out there and run bases, and he can also you know play outfield at a very very high level. So, um, and I know we haven't talked about him at all really this season. I know we really haven't said you know who's our most impressive player, but but you know it, it's basically because we already expect you know insane things from this guy so uh yeah i mean just 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 a great start i know his on base it was 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 stupid level i think now it's like 570 with tonight's game but it's i mean yeah after tonight's game he's adding a home run to the mix he's adding you know uh and you can definitely see sorry to interrupt but you can definitely see that this season he's in a he's he's almost in a you know playoff or bust mode i think he's just so tired of all the conversations of, of him not going to the playoffs um, I think yeah. he's, and you saw it opening night when he got that big hit in the eighth inning, he was so fired up and it felt like an, an October game. Um, right. I, I think you're going to almost see, I, I mean, I, I kind of predicted it, but I was saying that, you know, I think you're going to see Trout's best season this season. I, I mean, I don't even want to know what it's going to look like. I mean, right. I think 50 home runs is going to happen. I think um, RBI is, pop, you know, batting the three hole now, I think it could happen. Um, just depends on, you know, if Shohei is a crazy power hitter, then he's not going to have a lot of RBI opportunities. But um, the on base, the slugging, and all that. I think it's going to be, it's just going to be scary this year. And 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 I mean, right. he's really proven it right now. T- totally agree. And you know, some people may look at the those. And ad- he's still twenty nine. We got a bright future ahead. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to think so, but yeah, you you look at the um, the average base stats. You know, the average, the on base, the slugging, all super good, super high. And maybe maybe you're maybe you're a bit of a downer, and you're saying, okay, well. He's just gotten lucky so far because those numbers are going to have to come down. Of course, they'll come down a bit, like without a doubt. But uh, if, if you're if you're being a skeptic, you can also look at his um, this advanced peripherals on his uh, uh, Statcast page. You see his exit velocity; it's ninety uh, fourth percentile in the league. Hard hit percent ninety seven. Uh, his uh, expected batting average, expected slugging, all of it's above ninety five percentile. So. Uh, you know, you, you look at some of these numbers and you just say, okay, he's above 95% in pretty much all categories involving hitting the ball hard, squaring up, uh, avoiding chasing. He just is the ultimate walker in our league. Um, and, you know, tied in with his, his you know, 95 percentile sprint speed. There's just so much good about him. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that he's, you know, putting together another amazing season. Um, and it looks like the Angels uh, are really using it to... Uh, propel themselves to the first uh, place spot in the, in the AL. So I'm really excited with what this team's, you know, ceiling is in this, con- in this, you know, this American league. I do honestly think with a lot of the powerhouse uh, franchises in my mind being in the national league, I do think this angels team has a chance to really shake things up. Uh, Travis, what do you think about the potential, you know, you look at a team like the Yankees always dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting pitching 
even though they acquired guys like Kluber, uh, Jameson Talion, you still say maybe there's something to be desired there. I know uh, Domingo German uh, just had a really bad uh, outing. I think he even got sent down. Um, you know, you look at a team like the Rays, not off to the start that they wanted. They're always going to be talented. They always just manage to make players better when they acquire them. Orozarain is still being super good, but the Rays are obviously not what they were last year. They're just starting off uh, pretty weak. Um, besides the Astros, it feels like no other team is really jumping out. We did really well against the uh, White Sox. Um, we did really well, really well against the Blue Jays. So what do you think about how we stack up against these other American League teams? Because I honestly feel right now that we are like almost in a driver's seat. And I feel like we can really take over the AL. I'm not saying we're going to win it. I'm not saying we're going to run away with it. But I think we have a chance to really assert ourselves as a as a contender this season. No, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, I think that's when we started, I think, in the first podcast talking about the lineup. And, the, you know, Bleacher Report had us at 14th in the MLB for lineup. I mean, I think our lineup literally has proven now that it can compete with any team, at least definitely in the AL, right. also in the MLB. I mean, I know Fletcher started off a little bit weak right now. But once he starts picking it back up and just the way that Otani is swinging the bat and I mean everything off the bat with Otani is a line drive missile. Um, today he actually just hit a gap or actually a ball hit uh, down the uh, down the line. Um, off the bat was 119 miles an hour um, and was the fastest um, hardest hit ball this season so right. far by highest, anyone in, in, in the yeah. in MLB. Highest, so, highest exit velo of any of any uh you know uh batted ball, yeah. And, absolutely crazy. And what's not, I mean what's nice about him is he's gonna he's gonna hit the ball 115 miles an hour and he's also gonna be hitting, you know, if he hits a dribbler, he's he's probably one of the fastest guys in the major leagues. And, and it's just it's 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 really nice to see him kind of come into his own this year. And then of course you have Trout and Rendon, um two of probably the the top ten um, hitters of uh, MLB right now, um, you know, batting below him. And then you have Jared Walsh, who's just really busted onto the scene as kind of like this young, talented um, power hitter who can also play all these different positions. I mean, if Joe Madden needs him to pitch, he can pitch. He can yeah. throw 90 miles an hour. If he needs him to play right field or left field, he can play that. If he can play first base, first base. Um, and so I, I look at this lineup and I just see how versatile it is. And, you know, I... Uh, you know, in looking at Upton and um, some of the other guys at the end of the lineup, um, you know, Upton is totally gotten the pressure taken off of him. I think right now, Upton, you're only really looking for him to hit, you know, extra base hits. Um, really, I think it's going to complement him nicely in the season. Um, and, you know, Stassi, of course, is, is, is grown into a very nice, good catcher. Um, exactly kind of what we need. Someone that's not going to be, you know, overpaid, you know, by, you know, like by, by 20 million. Someone who's going to get the job done, be a good defensive catcher. And then Iglesias, too, being a good defender and also um, coming up and getting some some pretty good hits as well. I, I think the lineup is um, one of the best. And then right now the, the bullpen is showing it can compete with any in the American League um yeah. and so i mean I, I, right I, I, now it looks it, it, we definitely have a have a very good shot i mean easily in the al west yeah easily yeah. in the al west I, right I, now i like what you said about stassi because there was a lot of clamor in the offseason about who should the angels chase should they chase a starting pitcher should they chase bullpen pieces there's guys like dj lemayhew on the market guys like james mccann and jt real muto where should the what direction should, should the angels go and they took a they took a very like uh all hands on deck approach they kind of said, okay, we're going to get like a pretty good shortstop here in Iglesias. We're not going to spend all the money on LeMahieu mm-hmm. and get a really expensive middle infielder, but we're going to go get a guy like uh, Jose Iglesias. Mm-hmm. We're going to get some outfielders that just kind of add depth more so than like just bringing that huge presence. And then I like that they just went with uh, a backup for Stassi rather than going for a James McCann or a JT Real Muto. Mm-hmm. Because I think that Stassi, honestly, based on what we saw with his bat in 2020 – uh, had a huge offensive explosion compared to what we were used to seeing from him. You combine that with how he's an elite framer in the league. He, I feel like every time I'm watching him catch for one of our starting pitchers, he does a great job of of getting calls. I feel like it makes our pitchers. I feel like he makes our pitchers better. I feel like he's good at blocking. I feel like he's uh, overall just a a great backstop. Um, I think that you know the fact that we're using him as our main guy. I think it's a great value move. I think he is you know probably underpaid, which is you know good for our our. Um, our team building. So uh, I, I love Stassi. I love, like you said, uh, the offense is amazing right now. Walsh, Otani, everyone's kind of clicking. And the guys who aren't clicking, um, the, are, the rest of our lineup is doing well enough. For, we're kind of buying them time. We're mm-hmm. buying Fletcher and Rendon some time to really heat up. 
Rendon got his first homer of the season against the Blue Jays just last weekend. Um, you know, Fletcher, uh, despite, you know, having a lower average than, than we'd like to see, uh, just today he ripped a line drive to third base yeah. with men on base, uh, with men in scoring position, rather, and, and it, it, got, it got grabbed. And, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do. If you, if you score up a ball and, you know, you drive it uh, off the bat, you know, sometimes it'll go back to a glove, and that's unfortunate. But uh, I think our lineup brings so much to the table, and our pitching has, uh, you know, ex- exceeded expectations. Um, Especially having a six-man rotation, that definitely leaves, uh, you know, it, 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 it gets arms a little bit more fresher. I mean, we, today, we tonight, you know, we saw in Cobb going, you know, six innings of, uh, I think it was like five and, and two-thirds or something like that. Yeah. But ten strikeouts, I mean, he looked really dominant out there. And he hadn't pitched since last two Saturdays ago right. against the White Sox. So he had, a, he had a lot of rest. And I think a lot of these pitchers are going to actually, you know, be – you know, this is going to be actually really good when we, when we start getting into July and August. And if we can keep these six, uh, you know, six pitchers in the rotation, each guy is going to get so much rest that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very refreshing when we start getting into the dog days of summer. Um, and, and, you know, we start, you know, kind of seeing, you know, kind of who this team is. Because I know right now you can definitely make some, you know, accusations of, of what you think this team is. But, you know, it's only been 10 games, of course. But, you know, once we start getting out there, I think that having that six-man rotation is going to be very nice. And, with all these guys having rest, that's going to mean that they can all go deeper into games, and that's not only going to that's going to help our bullpen out, and it's going to just complement the whole entire pitching um, rotation and staff as a whole. So I think right now it looks good um, that we, you know, of course, are letting everyone get rest right now early in the season, and, 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 and that makes that really kind of ties into an issue that we've had in the past few years, which is uh, starting pitcher injuries. That's mm-hmm. just been like a really recurring theme. In twenty nineteen, there was a stretch in summer where we were like five games above 500 or something and then Heaney gets injured Felix Pena gets injured it was a really bad stretch for us Canning missed time on the mm-hmm. on the on the injured list um you know having a six-man rotation with healthy Otani with a healthy you know Heaney's is nice and healthy uh you know Canning's can, nice and healthy yeah, yeah. All, all these guys and then we also have you know uh ample ample reserves in the in the minors if, if mm-hmm. needed but the fact that we have you know a really um you know healthy pen that gets you know ample rest to you know sort of space out these starts i think it's really uh gonna be a uh i guess a big upside for uh for what this uh, rotation is capable of most definitely but that pretty much concludes everything we wanted to talk about this week um thank you guys so much for listening as always we really appreciate you know the support and the listeners who stick around till the end to hear this nice little sign off exactly Um, so uh that's all for us this week looking forward to catching up with you guys next week travis and i actually are going to a couple games this weekend so we can update you guys on some angels twins action as well as other stuff that's going on in the league so looking forward to talking to you guys about all that good stuff uh next week on the pod presented by tool tools podcast (laughs) (laughs) 